Chapter Four of Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman, by Bert L. Standish. Chapter Four: The Fight. The blow staggered Frank it had come so suddenly that he was quite unprepared for it his face became suddenly pale save where diamond's hand had struck and there the crimson prints of four fingers came out quickly like a danger signal with the utmost deliberation merriwell removed his coat come sir he said to diamond as he passed coat and hat to a ready sophomore i-i can't fight you that way protested the virginian bring the rapiers this time i claim the right to name the weapons and they will be bare fists right right cried several voices you'll have to fight him that way diamond i will fight him grated jack furiously it is a prize fighter's way but i'll fight him and i will lick him he tore off his coat and flung it down the boys quickly formed a ring and the freshman foes faced each other then the door of the room where the other freshmen were confined was thrust open and harry rattleton excitedly cried we jizz i mean gee whiz what do you fellows think do you imagine we are going to stay penned in here while there is a scrap going on well i guess not we're coming out harry came with a rush and the other freshmen followed at his heels the party having been abandoned by the softs who had been placed on guard over them hold on hold on commanded harry forcing his way toward the fighters i am merriwell second and i'm going to see fair play you bet and i am diamond second said roland ditson just give me a chance in the ring there the appearance of the freshman caused a brief delay there was some talk about rules and rounds and diamond said if i must fight with my fists i'll fight as i please i don't know about your rules and there will be but one round that will finish it how does that suit you merriwell asked tad horner who seemed to have assumed the position of referee i am willing that mr diamond should arrange that matter to suit himself but there is to be no kicking tad horner hastily put in certainly not stiffly agreed the southerner all right shake hands diamond placed both hands behind his back and merriwell laughed ready called horner on guard now you're off barely had the words left the little referee's lips when Top, tap, slap, Merriwell had struck Diamond three light blows with his open hand. A gasp of astonishment came from the watching sophomores. Never had they seen three blows delivered in such lightning-like rapidity, but their ears had not fooled them, and they heard each blow distinctly. Merriwell's guard was perfect, his pose was light and professional, and he suddenly seemed cat-like on his feet. Diamond was astonished, but only for an instant. The tapping blows started his blood, and he sprang toward his foe, striking out with his left and then with his right. Merriwell did not attempt to guard, but he dodged both blows with ease, and then smiled sweetly into the face of the baffled Virginian. Oh, say, chuckled Harry Rattleton, hugging himself in delighted anticipation. Just you fellows wait a minute. Diamond will think he has been struck by an earthquake bruce browning himself a scientific boxer was watching every movement of the two freshmen he turned to puss parker at his side and said merriwell handles himself like an old professional by jove i believe there's good stuff in that fellow 
Diamond would like to kill Merriwell, said Parker. You could see it in his face and eyes. In truth, there was a deadly look in the eyes of the pale-faced young Virginian. His lips were pressed together, and a hardening of the jaws told that his teeth were set. He was following Merriwell up, and the latter was avoiding him with ease. Plainly, Diamond meant to corner the lad he hated, and then force the fight to a finish. The rivals were nearly of a height, and they were built much alike, although Frank had slightly the better chest development. Merriwell seemed to toy with Diamond, giving him several little pat-like blows on the breast and in the ribs. When the Virginian felt that he had Frank cornered, he was astonished to see Merriwell slip under his arm and come up laughing behind him. Merriwell's laughter filled Diamond's very soul with gall and wormwood. Wait, he thought. He laughs best who laughs last. Give it to him, Frank, urged Rattleton. You'll get out of wind dodging him, and then it will not be so easy to finish him off. But Frank saw that in a scientific way Diamond was no match for him, and he disliked to strike the fellow. He regretted very much that the unfortunate affair had come about, and he felt there could be no satisfaction in whipping the southerner. Merriwell hoped to toy with Diamond till the latter should see that his efforts were fruitless and give up in disgust. But he did not recognize the kind of stuff of which John Diamond was built. Come, come, impatiently called one of the spectators. Quit ducking and dodging and get into the game. That's right, that's right, chorus several. This is no sport, and it's no six-day walking match, sneered Roland Ditson. Merriwell seems afraid to stand up and face Diamond. Is that what you think? Frank mentally exclaimed. Well, I suppose I will have to hit him a few times, although it goes against my grain. A moment later, he dropped his hands by his side and took a step to meet the Virginian. It seemed like a great opportunity for Diamond, and he led off straight for Frank's face, striking with his left. With a slight side movement of his head, Frank avoided the blow, allowing his enemy's fist to pass over his shoulder. At the same time, he cross-countered with his right hand, cracking Jack a heavy one under the ear. "'Hooray!' cried Harry Rattleton in delight. "'That was a corker. "'But Sparkler saw more stars than there are in the Wilky May, I mean Milky Way.' For a few minutes the fight was hot. Again and again Frank struck his enemy, but without putting his full strength into any of the blows. But it did not seem to have any effect on Diamond, save to make him more fierce and determined. The Southerners got some sand, commented Bruce Browning. That's right, nodded Puss Parker. He takes punishment well for a while, at least, but I don't believe he will hold out much longer. I think he is the kind of fellow to go to pieces in an instant. You can't tell about that. I have a fancy that he's deceptive. None of them, save Rattleton, possibly knew that Merriwell was reserving any of his strength when he struck his foe. The fellows who a short time before were the most indignant against the southerner, because he seemed determined to blow, were now forced to admire his bulldog tenacity and sand. Merriwell had no desire to severely injure Diamond, although he felt some resentment toward the fellow for forcing him into a duel with rapiers. To Frank it had seemed that the Virginian had no hesitation in taking advantage of an enemy, for Diamond must have presumed that Merriwell knew nothing of the art of fencing and sword-play. But for this belief, Merriwell would have been inclined to keep on and tire his enemy out without striking a single blow that could leave a mark. 
but when frank came to consider everything he decided that it was no more than fair that he should give his persistent foe a certain amount of punishment again and again frank cross-countered an uppercut diamond and gradually he came to strike harder as the virginian forced the fighting without showing signs of letting up bruises and swellings began to appear on diamond's face on one cheek marivel's knuckles cut through the skin and the blood began to run creeping down his chin and dropping on the bosom of his white shirt still from the determination and fury with which he fought it seemed that diamond was utterly unconscious that he had been struck at all jack did not consider how he had led frank into a duel with rapiers without knowing whether the fellow he hated had ever taken a fencing lesson in all his life his one thought was that being an expert boxer himself merriwell had forced him into a fist fight believing it would be easy to dispose of him that way diamond's hatred of frank made him blind to the fact that he was in the least to blame and filled him with a passionate belief that he could kill the smiling northerner without a qualm of conscience without a pang of remorse at last disgusted with his non-success in striking frank at all he sprang suddenly forward and grappled with him frank had been on the watch for that move then the boy saw a pretty struggle for a moment ending with diamond being lifted and dropped heavily squarely on his back Marywell came down heavily on his persistent enemy frank fell on jack with the hope of knocking the wind out of the fellow and thus bringing the fight to a close for a few moments it seemed that he had seceded frank sprang up lightly just as tad horner grabbed him by the hair with both hands and yelled break away roland ditson was at diamond's side in a twinkling come come old man he whispered get up and get into the game again don't let them count you out but the virginian was gasping for breath and he did not seem to hear the words of his second that settles it said puss barker promptly better wait and see advised bruce browning diamond may not give up when he gets his breath it doesn't look as if he'd ever get his breath again harry rattleton was at frank's side swiftly saying why didn't you knock him out and show the fellows what you can do you monkeyed with a goat too long he's stuffy and you had to settle him some time it didn't make a dit of difference whether it was first or last that's all right smiled frank he's got sand and i hated to nail him hard it seemed a shame to thump such a fellow and cover his face with decorations shame shame sputtered harry why didn't he force you into a duel with rapiers or tried to and he is an expert say what's the matter with you if i'd been in your place i'd gone into him tooth and nail and i wouldn't have left him in the shape of anything have you got a soft spot around you somewhere Marywell? i admire sin even if it is in an enemy you take the cherry pie yes you take the whole bakery harry gazed at his roommate in wonder that was not entirely unmingled with pity and disgust he could not understand Marywell and such generosity toward a persistent foe on the part of frank seemed like weakness in the meantime ditson had been urging diamond to get up they'll call the scrap finished if you don't get on to your pins in a jiffy he warned horner's got his watch in his hand still the virginian gasped for breath and seemed unable to lift a hand if ever a fellow seemed done up it was diamond just then Rawl ditson ground his teeth in despair old Merriwold would think he is the cock of the walk now he muttered he'll crow and strut he's laughing over it now what what's that gasped diamond trying to sit up 
he is laughing at you hurriedly whispered ditson lying glibly i just heard him tell rattleton that he could have knocked the stuffing out of you in less than a quarter of a minute he says you'll never dare face him again oh he does oh he does came huskily from diamond's lips well we'll see about that we'll see with ditson's aid he got upon his feet then his breath and his strength seemed to come to him in a twinkling with a backward snap of his arm he flung his second away then uttering a hoarse cry he rushed like a mad bull at the lad he hated End of chapter four